This podcast is brought to you by NetBank. Whether you're thinking of franchising your business, buying into or revamping your franchise, stay tuned for tips on how to grow your brand and portfolio. Welcome to another episode of NetBank Franchise Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Schwinn. Today, we have Leon DeLonga. Leon is from Pick and Pay Market Store. He is the National Head of Department Manager. Welcome to the show, Leon. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be with you guys today. Leon, and uh, as, uh, as, uh, as everybody will, will know by now, this is pre-recorded. I am sitting in Pretoria and Leon is sitting, pick and, uh, sitting in Cape Town. But before we started the show, we were just talking about, um, uh, Leon gave us a brief history that as the COVID-19 happened, he, it reminded him of back in 94 again when he was a young 26-year-old store manager in Pretoria. Take us through that day, Leon. Yeah, thanks, Joss. I mean, obviously, uh, um, the day uh, the election started, in, uh, the first democratic elections in the country was in 94. Um, and being uh, in the center of town in Pretoria was, uh, was quite an experience. Um, obviously, leading on to the elections, there was the protest actions that used to take place. And my store was on the same on the route that was leading to the union building so quite a few of the protests actually went past the store so on a wednesday and on a, on a saturday my store was mostly closed um, for the marches that took place so the, the, the marches would march from church square or from a taxi rank uh, to the union buildings and back in the morning and the afternoons and therefore um, we got used to having um, no customers um, and lots of police and people around uh, just prior to the elections. And then obviously, um, leading on to the elections, um, the, the, there was lots of panic buying going on uh, in, 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 uh, from, from customers not sure what the outcome of the elections would be. Um, uh, I mean, we, we, uh, we had uh, products that never ever sold in our business um, suddenly start selling. People who were buying fresh vegetables were suddenly starting to buy canned vegetables and dried uh, beans and smash and long life milk and they were stocking up heavily so we experienced a, 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 a small snippet of what uh, the country experienced now prior to COVID-19. I think uh, prior to the elections I think the, 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 the mostly white population was very nervous and therefore they were the predominantly doing all the bulk buying. I think at the moment everybody uh, was uh, exposed uh, and obviously we're doing bulk uh, buying for prior, prior to lockdown in the COVID-19 thing. So we had a double whammy this time around uh, in terms of uh, the volumes, but very similar in terms of products, um, shopper behavior, etc. that we had in 94. So the, 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 the lesson of it is, doesn't matter if it's a virus or an election, people buy the same thing. Yeah, people don't always buy stuff that they can that last longer. So this time around, we had a huge run on. I mean, in the country, we had a run on, on toilet paper, which is a, a legacy issue from Europe, and and they 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 they're buying. I mean, it's a was a new thing for me that we were suddenly buying so much toilet paper. Otherwise, the the, the products that people bought, bought was mostly around edible groceries and dry edible groceries. Lots of starch, lots of pastas, lots of long life milk, uh, canned veg. Um, uh, canned fruits, um, uh, all those type of categories of products that you can basically hoard for a long time and, uh, and should, uh, should last you. Over, over and above that, uh, people bought meat and, uh, and were hoarding meat and, and they bought chest freezers and started freezing meat, etc. etc. It was quite a, 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 a situation for us. The Pick and Pay Market Store program is a very unique concept 
Pick and Pay has been partnering with independent traders to upgrade their local spaza shop into their own market stores in townships while remaining 100% independent. Please tell us about these new store formats. Yeah, so so yeah, we, we this is a, a format that is basically designed to 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 deal with the neighbor the, the convenience um, format in in the emerging market as we call it. Townships is always a, a name that gets banded around and spider shops, name people always refer to. But the reality is like some some of these stores were called superstores and supermarkets in the days. Some guys were called spider shops. So depending on their size, location, and the and the context uh, where they existed. They were either called a spaza or a, or a supermarket. Um, so yeah, these are predominantly mm. there and, uh, and serving the, the emerging market of South Africa. I see. I believe the market store program was launched in Gauteng in 2016. Talk to us about some of the research that was done, perhaps even the strat session or was there any survey or was it years and years of data collection prior to the launching? Yeah, I mean, I think that we would love to, to call it uh, um, a, 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 a... We sat down and strategically planned this thing for 10 years. I don't think it happened like that. So, I mean, a lot of stuff in retail sometimes happened because of necessity um, and the needs uh, from consumers. So we were contacted by the Gauteng uh, uh, government uh, around 2015. Um, and they were trying to find uh, solutions to assist uh, local owned supermarkets and shops and spaza shops in the townships um, and emerging markets to be able to be competitive and to and to give them access to 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 bulk buying um, in order to be competitive uh, in the environments that they were uh, operating in so the idea was basically the initial idea was that we were going to find a wholesale deal and uh, and supply them with good pricing um, and um, that was the initial initial plan um, and to that end obviously we uh, we uh, had a meeting with with them and then we went on a on a fact finding mission to Soweto and we met up with a bunch of, uh, of, uh, um, of spaza shop owners, informal traders uh, in the townships with local governments, um, Gauteng, Economic Propeller, uh, etc. And, uh, and we went around to the stores, we met them, we went around to the opposition. And the opposition included big supermarkets, formalized retail, pick and pay stores, shoprite stores, um, and, uh, and also spa stores. And then obviously the informal trade, which included local and foreign traders. And uh, at the end of it, we basically realized that uh, supply of, um, of, of cheap groceries is not going to be a sustainable business model. And we had to come up with a different uh, solution. If, if, I'm, if, I've, if I'm understanding correctly, what makes this program really, really unique is that all the stores are still 100% owned by the owners, as in the Spaza owners. Yeah, so, so all, all these stores, I mean, to, be, to, to, to participate in the program, the first criteria is you've got to be a local person in South Africa holding a South African passport. That's the, the first criteria you have to be. Obviously, we, 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 you need to come from the environment that you want to go trading. You either are trading there already, used to trade there, or want to go back to your roots and go and trade where you, you grew up. So essentially, we try and make sure that we get as close to local as possible and that people can associate with the environment and the customers in the areas can associate with the owners of the stores. And then yeah. to strengthen that, uh, that uh, relationship with the, with the community, we, we name the stores completely different to where we traditionally name pick and pay stores. So if you think of a, of a traditional way pick and pay names their stores, it'll be a pick and pay supermarket, and then it might have a name saying um, Constantia, pick and pay Constantia, or pick and pay supermarket uh, Claremont, or in Joburg, pick and pay Hyde Park. In, the, in this store, we decided to use 
a name that were uh, uh, synonymous either with the, 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 the area or the shopping center or the little shop or the owner's name as the prefix to, to, the, to the brand market stores. And, and so we, we have stores called Mandisa's Market. We've got stores called um, uh, Monageng's Market. Um, we've got stores called um, uh, Nuzingas, etc. Uh, etc. Et so, so we've got all these, um, these local names and uh, associations prefixed to the name market stores. And that way we make customers aware that although there's a pick and pay brand on here, it's a market store and it's owned by a local person in that particular uh, um, environment. That must bring such pride into the local community. I mean, are there any are there any stories that stand out from the Spaza owners that you that you can share with us? I mean, there are there are there are, there are so many so many great stories. So what we try and do prior to opening a store is we try and find out about the history of a particular store, um, and uh, and and then we try and uh, put up even mural walls in the stores to try and depict the history of the store. Uh, we had a store called uh, um, uh, Maquetas Market, which is in Central Soweto. Um, uh, when we met uh, Reggie uh, Maketo, who's the owner, his family essentially built this little, let's call it a little center, but it's really basically a, a standalone uh, building with uh, a bit of space at the bottom for, for supermarkets. On top there was a bar called the Roots Bar. Now, um, if, you, if, you, if you go and, and you look, listen to the history of, of that particular uh, environment or that store and, and the bar, that bar was raided in the 60s and 70s when Miriam Makeba was a young lady playing music and, 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 and having parties there illegally, drinking and going uh, um, on in, 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 on top of this shop at the bottom which was owned by the Maketa family. So, so when Reggie um, uh, uh, approached us to convert his store, he had just returned from America having finished his marketing degree. Uh, his mother was running a small little um, shop on the side selling beds and furniture and that actually sublet um, the, the supermarket to a foreign trader and he wanted to take back that uh, and, and, and re-establish re the Maketa brand and also the, um, the, the local ownership of, of the store. So Reggie then basically converted his store where his mother, the whole community was there, they could all associate with the family, the history. Um, and it's quite, these, these openings are quite emotional days because the, the, the people that operate those stores um, in the community all come there in, 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 in hordes. I mean, we have sometimes five, six hundred people just coming to the speeches in the morning before the opening. Um, and uh, and, and these, these, these are, these are, there are so many of these stories out there that, uh, I mean, I could spend hours talking about uh, um, these type of uh, scenarios that exist almost in every single one of the stores that we operate. That is, that is, pretty, that is pretty incredible. Did you say like five, six hundred people queuing up to listen to the speech? Yes, I mean, uh, it's amazing. Wow. It's, uh, it, it's, and, and we get everybody there. I mean, it's the local community there. We make sure the schools come in and support. We've got government in support. We've got uh, local councillors in support. Um, we've got community leaders come out and support. Churches comes out to support. Um, it's, it's actually an amazing thing and we do, a, 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 we with the owners help do a great job of making sure that we involve as many of people in, in the community as we can because you only get one chance to launch a store and have a communication with people and explain the concept, explain the future of that particular store. It show them that uh, who the owner is, show them who, who the people are we employ there because another thing we do is we get the councillor to come up, the local councillor to come up and say, I know um, Reggie and his family for so many years. 
um, and all the staff here, I know them, and you all know them. They stay here, they're all from your families. We've now created 20 or 30 jobs in this particular environment, in, this, in, this, in our area, and I know that none of these people are not from our area. And, and that reinforces the, the local pride and ownership that uh, the, the owner has and also the community has with that particular store. That must make your, your, your job and your work so rewarding to see this every time you do a store, store opening. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's an amazing feeling to, to take a, uh, an individual, most of the time, really run down supermarkets and really launch uh, high quality supermarkets, well qualified and, and great operators who give back to the communities the way that these guys do. So it's, it is amazing. It's really, um, it's like, an, we always say it's, it's like it's a job, it's not, it's a privilege to be in, 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 mm. in my job because it's an empowerment job. When you just open stores and there's a corporate store, it's not the same feeling because although mm. you're creating jobs, it's still big business and not small business benefiting. But um, in this environment, uh, getting local owners is, is so rewarding. Mm. And, and uh, I'm, I'm sure somebody's listening, they'll be like, I own a spaza shop, I also want to get involved. I believe the, up to March this year, the, 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 the program has opened more than 30 stores. Are you planning to, to, to grow more? Yeah, I mean, um, so, so, I mean, we, we have, a, we, we have a, we got, we got hundreds of, of, of people on applications uh, almost every, every month that want to be part of the program. Um, obviously, um, we have a, a, a restraint because the restraint really is always around resources in terms of, um, of, of capital available to do the, the development of the stores. And also, we have to be mindful not to rush too fast uh, with the development of stores. Otherwise, we'll lose the guys that we've opened and, uh, and, and our biggest job is to make sure they stay successful. So we have a program of opening about 20 to 30 stores every year. Um, and at some point uh, when we get to a certain critical mass, uh, we then will be able to grow exponentially. But for now, we're happy to, to grow at 20 to 30 stores a year um, and then see how it goes from there. Mm. And I believe one of the major, major benefits, uh, I'm sure that that brings a lot of value, is you include mentorship in, in the program. Yeah, I mean, uh, everybody in, there's a lot of stakeholders in this program. So, I mean, Pick and Pay, obviously, are the, are the main stakeholders as far as operating the stores is concerned, but there are funders. Like NetBank, uh, we did a lot of work with uh, Old Mutual and Masazani as well in the beginning of the program. We have other funders involved, CIFA, uh, NEF, um, and, uh, and, and so forth. And, and all of them have, have a vested interest. So everybody's got some real role to play in post-investment mentorship and, uh, and support. Our job is to make sure that the guys are properly trained up front. And, uh, and no amount of training will ever prepare a person to actually run a business. Um, so the support post uh, the actual um, uh, opening is, is, is crucial. And um, the, 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 the team we've got put together at the moment spends at least two months intensively uh, caretaking every single store to ensure that uh, the, the training gets folded through. And then we've got a team with ongoing supports the stores um, and making sure they, 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 um, they do a good job and that they deliver uh, uh, to their customers the service they're supposed to, and they have businesses that are actually viable and stay viable. The stakeholders, yeah. uh, like the banks, uh, NetBank, uh, with, with partnerships with, with training agencies, will inter interject other trainings like financial management, more strategic stuff, more um, entrepreneurial skills training, and, and so forth. So we try and blend all these different uh, stakeholders' input with ours and, uh, and, and support the guys as much as we can.
Okay. So speaking about that, I mean, it must be quite a trans transformation mentally for the spaza shop owners. I mean, can you talk to us some of the, the areas that, that they need a lot of mentorship, mentorship over? For example, switching from manual to all of a sudden everything's barcoded and uh, there's, there's uh, point of sale systems, anything like that, that they struggle with? Well, yes. I mean, obviously, um, the, the, the the change in, in systems is, is, is a dramatic one. Um, and again, you get uh, varied levels of skill that you deal with. So when you get younger people who are used to working in computers, not scared to engage and to learn, it's a bit easier. Um, it's still difficult. I mean, the system we use is, 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 is basically a SAP-based system that manages the inventory in the business. Now, if anybody has ever worked on anything the Germans create, will know it's not the easiest system to, to work on. <laughs> the Germans don't design stuff for, for ease of use, they design it for accuracy. And therefore, it's quite an intense system to get to learn. I think uh, that's, that, that's just exercise and, and practice. So it's not like uh, it will basically stop them from being successful. It does take them longer to be fully effective, uh, but uh, it, does take, uh, it does take a bit of time just to get through the system and learning classroom training style systems is not always the best way to do it but you've got to start with the base and then applying it there is, is, is quite uh, is quite important the other uh, challenges obviously is, uh, is is just the way you operate your business um, cash flow management is a, is a, is a major problem in, 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 in most small businesses and in, in, in supermarkets is even even more more, more uh, important uh, when, when so when you say sorry? so when you say cash when you say cash flow management are you referring to balancing the books or just make sure you don't over overstock and don't have any cash on hand or what do you mean by cash flow in this instance? Yeah, so cash flow is not uh, the not, not not the financial accounting thereof. It's basically all in days um, with the way that the old Greeks uh, and small shops used to run the the cash flows was a very simple thing. Every morning they looked at their bank balance and if there was cash in the bank, they could buy stock and they would make <laughs> money. So that was the simplest way to, to ascertain and it's most probably still the asset test. So if your bank balance keeps growing um, and your shop is full of stock, then your cash flow management is obviously good. Um, today's times, unfortunately, you can't work uh, that way anymore and, and, and the, the range of products you've got to sell makes it more complex to manage. So cash flow management goes about Managing, first of all, your turnover in the business, making sure your sales is as expected, adjusting your purchases accordingly, and also making sure you right-size your business as far as your, your expenses is concerned. And then from a gearing point of view, how, how, how do you gear your business to make sure that you can install? From your cash flow generated from operations, you still make uh, enough profit to pay your loans and hopefully leave some reserve capital in your, in your, in your business. So those are concepts that's quite difficult for Guys who've never needed to do that because their business was cash before. So typically a spaza shop would uh, start with five, ten thousand rand. You would go to a wholesaler, get in the bucket, go to a wholesaler, buy a ten thousand with the stock, go back to your store, sell all ten thousand rand with the stock, take whatever capital you've got, go back to the wholesaler, um, and go and buy, do, repeat the same exercise again. Um, not very scientific and also not very sustainable. So. Um, so what, what we do is obviously teach guys to look forward. I mean, we give them an account, say 28 days to pay, but we make sure their inventory in their business, their stock is less than 18 days so that they have cash flow in their business. It means they turn the cash, their stock into cash before they have to pay us. And then obviously we, we have to help them manage the, and, and, and understand the expenses and, and, uh, and, and, and right size their business to, to generate enough cash and profit. 
to be able to pay their uh -huh. loans. Uh, Leon, I've got, I've got one final question. Uh, what keeps you going every single day? Because I can imagine like your day, your no two days are ever the same and you are only human. I'm sure you've gone through highs and lows, but what keeps you going every day? Well, I've, I've always adopted a philosophy that, uh, that, uh, that uh, you can only change what's ahead of you, not what's behind you. That's the number one thing to remember. Uh, I think that if you, if you wake up every day and you, and you try and make a small difference uh, to your day, somebody else's day, the company's day, the, the community's day, the government, the, the, the country, uh, in any way you can play a role in, on earth. I mean, you should try, if you can make a difference every day in a small way, that's motivation enough and should be motivation enough for everybody. Um, I think that um, I've always been driven. Uh, um, I grew up uh, on, a, on a farm and in a farm you have to get up in the morning, uh, otherwise um, you get kicked out uh, to, be, to be out and about. But, uh, um, and you had to be, wake up with a purpose every day um, and sometimes the purpose changes. Um, in the day and you need, need to then basically be able to adapt uh, and, uh, and and do the things that comes uh, ahead of you. Sometimes planning is great, sometimes being a little bit messy is also good. So yeah, for me basically it gets me up every morning is to, to, to make a change in a small way in what I do, whether it's my family life, whether it's in my work environment and whether it's my community. I, I think that's something that, uh, that, that, that keeps me going. Listeners, that is Leon DeLonga and he is the National Head of Department for Pick and Pay Market Store Program. Leon, thank you again for your time. Thank you so much, Charles. Thanks for having me and thank you for, for the show. Absolutely. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by NetBank. Stay tuned for more on franchising or search NetBank Franchising for valuable information. See money differently. NetBank.